0: When I was 14 years old, we moved to New Jersey. We found a fairly decent house in the Pemberton area, but it was situated in a pretty rough neighborhood. The house was around 90 years old. It was on a big rectangle plot of land. The right side of the house was off of a dirt alleyway. It backed up to an undeveloped area of land, and there were tall hedges surrounding the property. We settled in and everything was fine for a while, but there were a few things that made me uncomfortable. There were four windows in my room, and only one of them was secured with a proper lock. The rest were the kind of windows that had two panes of glass, with an old-style lock that connected the two panes in the middle. The lock was so fragile, and sometimes it would just fall off due to how old it was. And there was a tree right outside of the window. If I were the type of teenager who wanted to get out at night, that tree would have been really convenient. My bed was situated below one of the windows on the east side of my bedroom. Where my head lay was only about six inches below the window. I had a view of the old falling down fence that divided our property from the neighbors. I just started to notice strange noises outside my bedroom window. About six months after we moved in, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I was usually in a state of falling asleep when I heard it. It seemed like a weird rattling sound like someone breathing really harshly, but it was deep and throaty, and the sound crept in through the crack between the two window panes. It didn't happen every night, but I heard it a couple times a week. I didn't take a lot of notice of it. I just kind of thought I was dreaming. It always happened when I was in bed. My parents went out one night with my brother. I wanted to stay home because I wasn't feeling too great. I just laid around watching movies and eventually went up to take a shower. I figured I'd feel better afterwards. I washed up and then stepped out and grabbed a towel and wrapped it around me. I opened up the bathroom cabinet when it swung open. I looked in the mirror and saw something weird about the reflection. I wiped the steam off the mirror. I had a good view of the window on the wall to the left of the cabinet. I couldn't quite tell what it was, but it looked like a bizarre face. The window was open up a crack to let the steam out. I jumped back and stared at the window. The face was gone. I looked out the window and all I saw was the tree branch brushing against the window. I went into my room and was just puttering around and then I started blow drying my hair. I was standing in front of the mirror hanging on my door and I started to feel weird. Like something was looking at me. I started getting goosebumps all over and I turned around and looked out the window above my bed. I saw this demonic looking face staring at me. I don't know how to describe it, but it looked like something like a horse's face with these creepy red eyes. It seemed like there was this long tongue sticking out of its mouth. It was just there staring at me. It didn't seem to flinch at all when I looked at it. I let out this scream and dropped to the floor. There was a strong smell of sulfur coming in through the window. My heart was pounding so fast. I was trying to calm down, but I was just so freaked out. This bizarre creature had been watching me the whole time. I was convinced that this was the thing I heard breathing outside of my window and visiting me for probably months now. I managed to pull myself together and crawl to the door, and I opened it with my fingertips so that I could get out of my room and run down the hallway. I ran into my parents' room and slammed the door shut. I curled up in their bed in the fetal position and wished they would just come home. Then I heard knocking at the window. It was like something was tormenting me, trying to scare me senseless. I just laid there clutching my knees and crying. It was out there in the tree, and I didn't know what it was capable of. The curtains in their room were open. I looked over at the window, and I swear, I saw this freakish creature unfurl its wings and fly off. I realized I needed to call my parents, and I ran out to find my phone. And then I heard the front door open, and they came into the house. I was never so happy in my life. I ran downstairs and my mom ran over to me and asked me what was wrong. I could barely explain what I saw. She made my dad call the police. When they came, they asked me so many questions. But I know my answer sounded crazy. The report was filed and they looked around the house and found these strange tracks under the tree. Definitely not human. There wasn't much else they could do. But they said they'd have extra patrols in the area and said I should call them directly if I saw them again. All that really isn't that comforting, but my dad did get stronger locks and security cameras. I can't imagine what the hell that thing was. I live in a town called Blue River, Indiana. It's not even hardly a town, since it doesn't have a mayor or anything like that. It's by the Blue River, and I work for a company that rents out canoes and kayaks. We do pretty good business in the summer, but not much the rest of the year. Once fall comes, we close except for on the weekends, so I got a lot of time on my hands. I like to take my dogs out hiking along the river. It's pretty dense woods on both sides of the river, and in places, it can be shallow, especially in the fall when there's not a lot of rain. So sometimes, instead of hiking through the woods, we'll wade along through the river. The dogs like that, especially the lab mix one, since she's really a water dog. They like to sniff everything, and they're pretty quiet when we're out there, just taking it all in. But one day, we were walking in the river, and both dogs started going nuts, barking and pulling me towards the bank of the river. Like I said, normally they don't do that, even if there's a squirrel or something. I was curious, so I just let them go to shore, just to see what they were all worked up about. It was Sandy and Rocky there, almost like just a little beach before the trees started up. I didn't see anything and I really couldn't figure out what they were barking at until I saw tracks in the sand. I had to look really close to be sure what I was seeing. They were like human footprints, but way bigger. Like if it was a human, it would be 10 feet tall. No basketball players got feet that big. My first thought was it was a prank, like someone got plastic feet or something and pushed them into the sand to make those tracks. But why would they do that way out here, where probably no one would ever see them? And it's in the off-season. Plus, in the sand like that, the tracks wouldn't last very long. The sand shifts and the water rises, and they'd be gone. A lot of trouble for nothing. And then there was the dogs going nuts. I didn't know why, because it was just tracks. Unless the thing had just left. It had to be nearby. The dogs sniffed the tracks and they sniffed the air and then they calmed down. I figured the thing had left. The next time we went out, it had been a couple days, but the dogs started to freak out in the same place. They pulled me to the bank just like before, and I still didn't see anything at first. I looked closer and nearer to the woods, and I saw tracks again, but then I noticed something else. A pile of animal bones. They were actually piled up, like in a way no animal would leave them, like the way something with hands would place them. And the bones were pretty clean, but a few strands of flesh hung off them. It sure looked like the meat had been eaten off. I couldn't tell if they were raccoon bones or what, but probably something around that size. And then there were also branches and leaves piled up. I'm telling you, it looked like something had made a bed, and a big one too, for something that is like 10 feet tall. The area also smelled like a dirty sock, weirdly human. I would have thought maybe it was a homeless person living there, but at the same time, it smelled like a wet dog too, and urine. The dogs had calmed down again, so either I scared the thing away, or it was already leaving. I didn't touch anything, I just left. I came out the next day, and I really wanted to see it. I remembered where that place was, and I came without the dogs because I thought maybe they were spooking it. I stood a ways away and watched. I didn't see anything, though, even though I stayed for quite a long time. I was going to give up and go home when I heard this strange noise like a person yelling, but not saying any words. This went on for a while, and I started to think maybe this thing saw me and was trying to tell me to go away. I decided maybe I was being rude standing near its home, if that's what it was, so I left. After that, I kind of thought I should stay away. I mean, from what I could tell, this thing wasn't hurting anyone. It had its home there and stayed away from people, so I just thought I'd let it be. I kept taking my dogs out, but we just stayed on the other side of the river. As long as I stayed that far away, the dogs didn't try to get me to go closer. Sometimes I'd still hear that yelling noise. Maybe when another animal got close to its home. After a month, as the weather started to get colder, I thought maybe it moved on because I hadn't heard it anymore. One day, though, I was passing by its place on the other side of the river, when I heard that yell. This time, I thought it was calling out to me. I stopped and looked, and something came out of the woods. It looked like this giant hairy man, or maybe a man in some bear suit. The face didn't have any hair, and it kind of looked like a gorilla. Now, it was way, way across the river, but I could definitely tell it wasn't a human, and definitely not a black bear. It wasn't a gorilla either, because it stood completely upright. I just left it alone after that. I didn't believe in ghosts until I started working at this cafe, near Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio. The cafe is gone now, and I'll get to that later. I basically got a job there because I was going to school at OSU, and it was right by campus. It was a little dingy place in a basement, basically, like you had to walk downstairs from street level to get there. It had a few tables and a little dining room, and another room that had a small stage where local bands sometimes played. I didn't usually hear them because I worked really in the morning. It opened at 6 a.m., and I had to get there by 5 a.m. to start brewing coffee and bake muffins. When I first started, I worked with this guy named Brad. He talked all the time about his girlfriend or his lack of a girlfriend, his classes, his roommate, everything. One day, though, he got sick and didn't come in. It was quiet in there without him, at least when I was opening the restaurant before any customers showed up. After a few minutes, I started noticing noises. It sounded exactly like when Brad was there, except without the talking. Drawers opening and closing, the squeak the oven door makes... Footsteps on the floor and banging like someone is doing the dishes in the sink. But when I look around, of course, no one is there. Once people started coming in, I didn't notice it anymore, and I forgot about it. The next day, Brad still hadn't got better, and it happened again. When I was making coffee, I heard someone walking around. A wooden spoon banging against the side of a bowl. The cooler door opening and closing. After I finished setting up the sandwich station, I heard the oven timer go off. I was sure I hadn't set the timer or put anything in the oven. I'd been planning to bake muffins a little later. As I walked over to the oven, I felt a chilly place in the room. It was weird because it wasn't close to the air conditioning vent, and the AC wasn't on anyway, since it was October. There really aren't any windows in the place either, since it's the basement so I couldn't think of anywhere the cold could be coming from except for the walk-in cooler. I looked over at it, and the door was closed. When I got closer to the oven, I noticed the smell of muffins. I opened it, and sure enough, there were muffins inside. Done perfectly. I took out the pan, tried to convince myself that I must have somehow made them without remembering. But I wasn't that tired. I was used to getting up at 4.30 a.m., I was sure I hadn't made the muffins, but then who had? Could someone have really snuck in and made the muffins while my back was turned? I don't think so. I couldn't make myself believe that. I knew I turned around a few times because I heard something. I would have seen the person unless they were invisible. What could I do? I kept getting ready for breakfast service and tried to tell myself that nothing was wrong. As the day went on, I tried to be aware of any extra noises in the kitchen but it was too hard with all the customers. Finally, right before my shift ended, it did get quiet for a while, but I didn't hear anything. I asked Samantha, who had the late shift, if she ever heard anything strange in the kitchen, and she looked at me like I was crazy, so I took that for a no. Brad still wasn't back the next day, and I was nervous, but also kind of curious. I decided to see what would happen if I made the muffins, set up the sandwich station, and didn't make the coffee. I tried that, pretending I had forgotten the coffee. I heard the noises, the footsteps, and the dishes banging, like usual. I was about to give up and do the coffee when I looked over and it was done. Three fresh pots of coffee sat on the dining room burners. The cafe offers bottomless serve-yourself coffee, so we have three pots that just sit there all day and we make more whenever they run out. The machine's in the back, near the walk-in cooler so I couldn't see it from the prep table and stove. But still, I would have noticed someone walking by me to bring the pots out to the dining room. It was weird, but not really scary, I guess. I started to think of this ghost as just another cafe worker, just one that I couldn't see. After that, I didn't leave tasks for the ghost, but they got done anyway. Dishes in the sink appeared clean on the draining board. Muffins were made or placed in the display case. It was maybe a week before Brad returned. Bet you missed me, he said. Did you have trouble getting everything done while I was gone? I had help, I told him. Have you heard of any weird stories about this place? What do you mean, he asked. I shrugged, thinking maybe he didn't know anything. Well, there was this girl one time. She worked here like ten years ago, I heard. Customers came one morning, and she hadn't opened the cafe. When the next shift worker showed up, they found her dead by the cooler. What happened, I asked, feeling a little chill run up my spine. No one knows, he said. Why do you ask? I said, no reason. I just decided to keep it to myself. At least until now, because I'm sharing my story. I worked there for another year or so, and then I got a job on campus. Around the time I graduated, they tore down that whole strip of buildings. I wonder what happened to that ghost. Where do they go when places they're haunting go away? Hi Donovan, I've heard stories about the rake and crawlers on your show, and I believe in them 100% because I sure saw one myself. I live in Oklahoma City, but my family's got a couple of mobile homes down in Broken Bow. I go see them whenever I got a long weekend or something, and one Friday I had Monday off for a holiday, so I was getting my stuff together. Anyway, I live in a little six unit apartment complex, three units on the top floor and three on the bottom. Mine's the corner of the bottom. When you go out the door, there's a concrete slab that runs the length of it, and we put out plastic chairs and plants on it. I wanted to get going early, so I walked out of my apartment before the sun rose, carrying my duffel bag over my shoulder. There are a few lights on the outside of our building, but some of them are always burned out. That day, the one in front of my neighbor's place, the guy in the middle, his was out, but in the dimness of the not-so-bright bulb in the front of the next unit, I saw something hunkered down near the door. It looked like a smallish person, but naked. Skinny, too. I could see the rib cage through this creepy pale skin. Its mouth was open, and it looked like a big black hole. The more I looked, the less human it seemed. The eyes were black. Like they were holes, too, and it had no expression. It just stared at me, and then I started hearing this weird noise. Like maybe someone was squeezing one of those dog clickers over and over. I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. And then I figured out this thing was making the noise. Maybe with its mouth, but I couldn't even tell. I yelled, hey, what are you doing? I was just trying to sound not scared, but it didn't really work. At least I was loud, though. The thing kind of flinched and started to back away from the door. It was hunched down and like crawling on all fours. Go away, I said. But I was afraid it could get in the neighbor's door, and I didn't want it to do that. I didn't know what it would do if it got in there, but I had a feeling it wouldn't be anything good. One second it was backing away, and then the next it was gone. The thing was fast. I got in my car and ripped out of that parking lot quick. When I got to my brother's trailer in Broken Bow, it was mid-morning, and he was out feeding the chickens. He asked me what the heck was wrong with me, because he could see that I was shook up. Our family is part Choctaw, and they do believe in some weird stuff. So I wasn't surprised that after I told him what I saw, he said, The Rake. I kind of knew that was probably what it was, since I do listen to your show quite a bit. But it was still really weird to hear him say it. It was hanging around your apartment, he said. That's bad. Yeah, why, I said. Trying not to act scared again. You gotta talk to Gamma, he said. I didn't want to tell our grandma about it, but I guessed he was right. Once he was done feeding the chickens, we went off to her trailer just down the road. Gamma lives with another old lady, and they spend most of their time making beaded stuff for tourists. They were sitting out in front of their trader shelling peas when we got there. Gamma, I seen the rake, I said. Her old lady friend Patty dropped the pea she was shelling, and then picked it back up and tossed it in the plastic tub. You got a dream catcher in your room, Gamma asked me. No, I don't got one of them tourist things I said. Why would I? Well, you need one, she said, and shoved her pea basket toward Patty. We went inside and she started getting some stuff out. I couldn't believe I was even doing this. It seemed pretty silly, but then that rake was one scary thing. So I went along with it and I didn't know how else to keep it away. Where are you seen it, she asked, while she strung the beads on a wooden circle. Outside my apartment, I said. Actually, my neighbor's apartment. She looked at me and said, they need one too. What about the other units, I asked. How many, she said. I told her and she said, get to work. I'm no craft person, but by the time we finished all six of the Dreamcatchers, I was getting pretty good at it. She put them in a bag and said, go bring them home. Wait, I was going to stay the weekend, I said. She gave me her look and you don't argue with Gamma's look. I took the bag and left. I felt pretty silly, but I knocked on everyone's door and handed out the dream catchers. I told them to hang it over their beds like Gamma said. They looked at me weird, but they took them. All except Steve on the top floor. He didn't answer. I knew he was there because his crappy little sedan was out in the lot. Plus, I could see the light on. I left the dreamcatcher by the door. Maybe it would still work there. I went into my apartment and hung mine over my bed. But I sure didn't sleep much that night. I kept thinking about that creepy thing hanging around outside the building. Over the next few days, Steve's car didn't move. Normally he goes to work in the morning and comes back around 6. But it just sat there. After a week, I saw his door was open and the landlord was in there. I asked him what happened and he said Steve split. He left all of his stuff. I didn't see the dreamcatcher anywhere. Personally, I think that thing got him. I'm leaving that dream catcher over my bed.